There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Scumbags, this is the Scummy Mummies Podcast, with your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast, it's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And I am delighted, nay, honoured that we have... Because <laughs> that sounded sarcastic when you said, <laughs> and I am delighted, <laughs> I'm so delighted, I'm, I couldn't be more delighted. I'm thrilled, it's fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> It's absolutely excellent that we have the wonderful Kat Sims on the podcast today. Hello, Kat. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. We are thrilled. AKA not so smug now. Are you smug now or not smug now? Never smug. I used to be smug. Mm. I used to be that. Oh, God, I used to be that awful person that was like, my kid's only going to have wooden toys and organic... kids you mean? Yeah, yes, pre-kids. Yeah. Organic food, and now oh. they're lucky if they get, you know, a frozen <laughs> chip to suck on. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have uh, barbecue crisps for breakfast, like we are having like, now. Exactly, the ch- breakfast of champions. Mm, we're sitting in my um, messy house. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it, We're doing it at Thorne's house this time instead of uh, Gibson's. We're going off piste. And also, can we say, we're sitting in your house with a bowl of crisps, <laughs> and I'm going to publicly shame you on your own podcast, a packet of cigarettes, Helen. You said you were going to give up when you got back from Australia. Then you were going to give up after Edinburgh. Then you were going to give up for the marathon. You've done the marathon. You've done amazing, by the way. Congratulations. Yes, well done. A round of applause for that. Yeah, but stop taking pride in that, and now you need to feel shame. <laughs> That you're still smoking. And Julia Samuel, the psychotherapist that we had on the podcast, said that she's going to punch you in the face if you didn't get... Didn't, she's a very nice, genteel lady. So I get know. ready to, for a punch. When are you going to give up? I will give up. When? Oh, I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? Because it's nearly my birthday. Yeah. And, then <laughs> and then it's Christmas. And then it's Halloween. And then I'm on oh, yeah. holiday by myself. Uh, Bonfire night as well. Yeah, it's my cup <laughs> of chimney. And then I'm having... Michaelmas. Don't forget <laughs> yes. Michaelmas. Yes. Uh, Winter solstice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Then Twelfth Night, obviously. Yes, of, of Epiphany. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe January. That sounds... sounds so January sounds like a good time to give up yeah, smoking. Yeah, yeah, that's miserable. So let's fucking oh, add to that misery. Yeah. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Publicly shame you first. And now we can talk about you, Kat. Thanks so much for coming. <laughs> you're so welcome. Because, Kat, you're very good at giving up things. <laughs> well, I mean, I've had to be, haven't I? Yes, oh. I have. I've given up... Um, the booze oh and the drugs oh all the fun stuff look look how clean you are now cat look at that no i'm not sure it suits me cleanliness 
No, well, I, obviously, I am a walking mess uh, in all, all areas, <laughs> inside and out, inside my lungs, outside my house. So you're in that sort of first wave of, of mummy bloggers or influencers or you, whatever you want to call it. I none know, none I of those are great words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're in that first wave, I guess, like we probably were, of sort of going, yeah. do you know what, motherhood's actually quite hard isn't it quite quite shit yeah when I started I remember there only being one other person that was doing something similar which was Steph don't buy me flowers yeah and Stephanie as I like to call Stephanie and I just found I just got to a point where I was like this is shit and everybody around me is going this is amazing and she's so beautiful I feel so blessed and I was like I don't feel blessed I feel like I want to put her out by the bins and I'm really shit at this and I don't like not being good at things Mm. so I really struggled and I thought well I'll write about it because yeah. I had always written, that has always been my first love. And I put it on the Facebook, and this was before I even had a blog. And I think overnight it had like three or 4,000 views. Wow. Which in, at that time was, no, you know, considering I had about 70 friends, you know, yeah. it was that, that, that was, the population of London was only about 6,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah so totally in, right. back in the day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I thought, well, there's something in this. And it really helped me. Mm. Like, it's not, yeah. a, it's not like a selfless endeavor, this. Like, Everyone in loves terms a good of like, cat. yeah. <laughs> In terms of, like, why I do what I do, I'd say it's probably, you know, 50% selfish, mm. 49% money, 1%. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not really. I am. Cause, and you've written about, you know, with that first baby as well, was, there were some issues around bonding there. Is that you didn't have, is that right? You didn't yeah. have that, that thing that you see in the movies where the baby comes out and you cry and then you're connected, you have the film no. this invisible street. You didn't have any Not of at that. all. No, I didn't have anything. I did, I had that feeling like if she was going to, I'd have jumped in front of a bus for her in like an instinctive, primal, biological, primal yeah. way. Mm. But, but emotionally nothing mm. like nothing at all and I faked it thinking well you fake it till you make it and oh, I'd also the, had like the lovely Facebook posts of like oh yeah I did all of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I had had depression before and when I was going through that first year with Billy I was like well this isn't depression this is just I've had a new baby and I'm not sleeping and I'm tired and this is normal and it and it wasn't normal and nobody told me it wasn't normal until a year in and they were like no actually this is not normal so I was going to say at what point did you realise that was that was yeah was, was, it, was it you or was it someone else going, it was no, the doctor being mad yeah, yeah it was it was the, it was a medical professional <laughs> who said insane. you're fucked yeah. <laughs> yeah officially here are the meds take them yeah. and what were the symptoms that made him say that uh, I mean it was really bad I was really depressed I had. I was suic- I was having like suicidal thoughts. It was miserable. I would get up in the morning and the only thing I could do was like rug us up because she was born in November. So I'd like rug us up and I would walk around our park for like hours until lunchtime. And then I'd come back and we'd have like a little rest. And then I'd just walk around the park again. I mean, I think I was doing like 12, 13 kilometers a day because that was all I could do. Mm. And it was just, my family was so far away and I didn't have any friends. And obviously Jimmy was touring and I was just on my own. Mm. And just hating every single minute of it it's lonely it's really lonely and also the pressure on you i think you know we were again that first wave of sort of social media and facebook was just sort of emerging and things like that but but yeah you sort of you sort of think is this it am i I meant to be all joyful and this is all meant to be lovely yeah but it's so hard and it's relentless and you have no control and i think when you've had yeah a career and all those things and then this is this is it and you you've got to feed it and make it sure it's alive and it's relentless well and i was always told like if you work hard and you prepare you'll be successful so i was like right i'll work hard and i prepare so i read all the books and i wrote a birth plan that was four pages double-sided color-coded and laminated 
Sorry. Can you imagine? No, <laughs> no, no. no. That's, that's basically what the midwives did when I gave it to <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, well, this is it. I'll smash it. I, I am as prepared as I could possibly be. And from the minute I went into labour, I was lost, like mm. completely lost. She mm. was back to back, so the pain was weird. Oh, I was outrageous. vomiting everywhere. Yeah. It was just awful. And that feeling of like failure and not being able to control anything just never left me for that first year. And yeah. it just felt like I was awful. And then, and of course, you're seeing in real life at Playgroup all these people that are like smashing it and got makeup on and look lovely. And I was just like this. I just felt like nobody else got it. Yeah. And you couldn't say it out loud then. Nobody no. was saying it's all right if it's hard. You know, nobody was saying that. When I remember when I called the midwife, or no, the health visitor after I gave Billy her first bottle of formula when she was nine weeks old, because breastfeeding was horrendous for me that time. Um, I called her up hysterical. Like that should have flagged with them that I wasn't right. But hysterical saying, I just need you to tell me I'm not a terrible mum. And she went, well, you can undo the damage when it comes to weaning. (gasps) Damage! And that one sentence has like, I think that was like the last thing that just sent me into this spiral of depression. Mm. You can always undo the damage you've done when it comes to weaning. And I was like, fuck. I'm sorry, I'm just really, I've just got tingles. I know. How... No, the, those words were damaging. Mm, Not they were formula. incredibly oh, damaging. Oh, I, I do. I do want to say, obviously, just in case it bears repeating, that is obviously bullshit that there's mm. the damage and all Oh, yeah. That. It, um, in case oh. anyone's listening and you're already in a dark place and you're like, D- damage? Like, no, I, I can imagine that, you know. Formula is absolutely fine. It's no. absolutely excellent because yeah. your baby is fed. And that's... And Both our were, kids had it, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and breast milk. And, and we, I, yeah, the formula's probably cleaner than but, the milk that I was producing, to be honest. <laughs> Well, and we were told, though, we, I mean, when I had Billy, which is nearly nine years ago now, it, we were made to feel like it was a combination of, like, cocaine, tequila and dung beetles. Do you know mm, what I mean? That's mine actually you... was, to be fair, but yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just, that really, really resonated with me, and I think people sometimes underestimate how one sentence or one comment that they read mm. can just destroy somebody at mm. a vulnerable moment this is why you've got to watch what you say to no, people totally and this is a lot of what I try and do on Instagram although I perhaps didn't do it so well recently but you know I get really angry with these people that put these comments up responding to anything controversial you know you, the three things of babies that you can't talk about breastfeeding bottle feeding co-sleeping and the other one which I can't remember what it is control of crying no yes yeah. um sleep training yeah um and you know, people put these comments up and they go, well, this survey says this and you caused this kind of damage. And I just think, hang on, it's so damaging because you do, you're not an expert. You don't know. You're not a doctor. Let's not put this out there because it's it's misinformation and it could be doing somebody real harm. And also just making people feel, well, most mums will do the best that they can. Yeah. And we're all running on empty, at that, especially at that oh. stage. Like the hormones are crazy. You're knackered. You're exhausted. You, do, you don't need little Janet on Facebook saying... Well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm. Yeah. And why is she saying it? Yeah, fuck off, Janet. Yeah. Well, it's, it's about Janet, isn't it, obviously? Mm. Fuck you, Janet. Fuck you, Janet. Janet. So going back to that diagnosis, and how did you feel when, when, you know, when another person said to you, no, look, it is, this isn't normal, this is what's going on? Relief. Yeah. 100% relief. And I found that with, like, any diagnosis I've got, that when you know what the problem is, it just becomes so much smaller and manageable. Mm. Because I was... I was convinced it wasn't depression because I'd had depression before and this was so different. 
And when I finally got that and I was like, oh, I'm not a terrible, awful human with a cold, dead heart. I am ill. Yeah. And I took the pills and I was like, okay, now. And it just got better and better from there on. But just knowing that in itself, mm-hmm. I think even, maybe even if I hadn't taken any meds, that probably would have really helped me just to get that diagnosis and have somebody go, there's nothing wrong with you mm. as a mum, but your brain is a bit fucked right now. Yeah. So you would recommend that to someone who is in a dark place, like go and see your GP or something? 100% yeah. talk about it. And like some people just feel they can't. I always say, like, talk about it practice talking about it talk like say it out loud when you're on your own say it to your cat say it whatever because just saying it makes it easier Mm. but go to the doctors if you are in a dark place just go because they get it and there there are meds that can help you there's therapy there's all sorts of things but just please go and speak to somebody so you wouldn't recommend doing 25 laps of a park for three hours (laughs) with a child no or you know two bottles of chardonnay in the evening right okay you know that generally i mean it might work for somebody just it it didn't really work out for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. And then things got so much better that you went on and had another child. And I you know. know. Do you know what, though? My second one, I, she, like, healed me a little bit because I did hypnobirthing, which I was never going to do because I was just a northerner and I was like, it's a bit too vagina whispery for me. But we have a very good friend, Holly, who did a lot of hypnobirthing. She was like, try it. So I did. And um, I think we trekked all the way over this way for it again. And funnily enough, there was one thing in there. I, f- I thought the whole thing was brilliant, actually. But there was one thing in there that they said that completely transformed my whole birthing process. And it was like, sh- she said, basically, when you give birth, your uterus is a muscle that contracts and relaxes. And you'll know this, marathon running. For um, Well, you know as well, because you're a runner. For a muscle to work really well, it needs oxygenated blood, mm-hmm. right? And if you freak the fuck out, you start creating adrenaline and all that oxygen-rich blood goes to your like arms and legs for your fight or flight response your uterus still has to do the thing but it's doing it on like minimal resources so it's going to be longer harder and more painful right and I was like so we just have to keep calm she's like that's it you just have to Mm. keep calm Mm. and I was just like well that makes scientific sense yeah so second time around she went into labor headphones in and I was like I'm out peace out you birth pool all the rest of it tell me when it's all over Mm. didn't say a word and it was a completely different experience yeah and also the role of the dice is that you know nothing went wrong and like totally know, oh, yes it's, yeah, yeah, yeah i was gonna yeah. say like yeah it's, you can say stay calm but it's not always possible if if they when they start coming and going or oh, the, the heartbeat not, slowed yeah it's quite difficult to remain calm there's, there's a cord wrapped around the neck but yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if all things are going well then, yeah. then actually that is a, a fantastic kind of strategy and a, and a, a process of you know way, totally yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. it was a game yeah. changer for me mm. i remember sitting in the birthing pool afterwards going i'm a fucking rock star <laughs> <laughs> and then they cut the cord and i literally was like looked down at the water that was full of like oh shit, gross yeah you know, all the rest oh. of it and i was like <laughs> yeah. get me out of here yeah it's like vagina minestrone oh, oh, oh that's it mm-hmm. the old that's uterine exactly cup of soup yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hugo was born just over there in a in in a similar kind of uh, situation. Beesk. Yes, um, <laughs> peace <laughs> chowder. Oh, oh, oh yummy! Oh, cl- literal clam chowder. Yeah, exactly. apologies if you're if you're, <laughs> if you're eating. Sorry, eating. mum. So moving on from the um, 
from the baby shit. Um, after you had these two babies, and then you became an Instagram sensation, <laughs> and then you became an alcoholic. Tell me about that. <laughs> Listen, on my list of things to do, it's like one of those things people... I didn't ever walk into, like... Was that the, on your mood board? The career, that, yeah, <laughs> to the careers officer and say, what well, I really want to yeah. be And I use that word only because you've said it to me no. privately before, and if it's not okay to no, say it... No, it's absolutely okay. Fine. In fact, I'm, I'm really passionate about using the word acad- academic, alcoholic... I don't know what happened there um because i think that that word is so stigmatized that i think it often stops a lot of people asking for help because the first place you kind of think of if you need help is alcoholics anonymous mm. and i think because of the very name people go well i'm not going there i don't need that mm-hmm. and actually what i learned about alcoholism is that it doesn't look a certain way i'll be honest i thought that alcoholics were like on park benches, drinking out of paper bags. They'd lost their jobs, their families, their, you know, had a rock car crash. Or t- rock, rock, rock bottom. And you're like, I'm walking around the park with the alcohol in yeah. a sippy cup. Yeah. <laughs> it's not me. That's not me. That's not I've me. got lipstick on. <laughs> but it is that. It's like I had yeah. a job and I and I had a, two kids and I was successful. In fact, I was my most successful when I was really kind of hit rock bottom and went sober. Um and there's no tick list that you have to, you know, you don't have to be drinking in the morning. You don't have to be hiding stuff around the house. I wasn't doing those things, but I was drinking a lot every night, at least. What do you mean by a lot? Yeah. Well, I mean, probably two bottles of wine. Right. Okay. And, it, and one bottle of wine didn't touch the sides. Okay. Two bottles of wine. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And then maybe I'd have, and by this point, everybody had gone to bed. So I was up drinking alone. And then maybe I'd have a gin tonic or whatever. And then later on, you know, I started moving into drugs as well because, and it was just, and I could see how it was progressing. But essentially, I just got to a point where I was driving up and down to Devon to look after my parents because they were, dad had an operation and mum was sick. And I remember waking up every morning at 4am with a panic attack. Yeah. And I knew it was because I was drinking and because I was traveling between the two places, I was kind of falling through the cracks in terms of people noticing how much I was drinking. Mm. Um, and... I just got to a point where I was like, my life is officially unmanageable. Like, I cannot look after my kids, my parents, my job, my responsibilities and be waking up at 4am every morning with this kind of anxiety. Yeah. And even though I wasn't drinking in the morning, I was thinking about my drink in the morning. So I could wake up and I'd be like, four o'clock, five o'clock, sometimes three o'clock. I can't wait for that glass of wine or that cold beer. Mm. And I would sometimes be like, oh, no, I've got an empty day. Who can I call to meet for lunch? Because that would be a good boozy lunch. I mean, I never went out for a boozy lunch and didn't come home at six in the morning. Mm. Like, that's how it went for me. Once I started drinking, I never knew when I was going to stop. Right. And getting into drugs, the reason I started using drugs was because I would go into blackout. And then terrible things would happen in mm. blackout. And be- do you mean passing out, or do you mean not being able to remember? Not being able to remember, like right. black, like I, was, I hadn't passed out, but it's so frightening. Nothing, I couldn't really remember black hole. Yeah. And because I'm an addict, my brain didn't go, "Oh, well, drinking's a problem." My brain went, "Blackout's the problem." So mm. how do I stop blackout? Oh, I know. If I start taking cocaine, blackout stops. I keeps me straight, and I can drink more and yeah. for longer. And I'm really fascinating oh, and, and sexy and I can dance. All of yeah. those things. Oh, all yeah. of those. I mean, I can't sleep, but Xanax will sort that out. So, you know, all you of those hangovers, I just, yeah. You weren't like, so, you were poorly the next day. The, I was the idea always, of doing drugs and that much alcohol makes me think I'd have to lie down for three weeks. <laughs> I was always more comfortable with the, like, drug hangover, the anxiety, emotional hangover, 
I could never stand the physical vomiting, like headache, sickness of an alcohol hangover. Right. Mm. And so I always chose that. And that, you know, I always chose that. that that's kind of how I functioned. Mm. Not every night, but then eventually, you know, I'd be at home. Towards the end, I'd be at home on my own drinking and I'd do a couple of bottles of wine and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be a bit. And I, then I'd start doing drugs on my own. And I yeah. was like, mm. you know, when you're cutting up your kid's rubber reusable spoon, uh, straws, to like, you're like, this is not good. It mm. just wasn't. And I knew that it's progressive. It, experience had shown me that. I'd started drinking for fun and then fun and consequences. And then it was just becoming consequences. Yeah. And it was only going to get worse. Mm. And so I just remember saying to Jimmy, I think I need to go to a meeting. And we've got lots of friends in the 12-step programs of various different kinds. So I, I, I was kind of aware of it. And I went to my first meeting and I was like, like I feel like this is my people yeah. because it wasn't loads of old men with ruddy faces talking about how they lived on a pop. I mean, there were some of those people there, of course, but not, mm. but actually more, it was more people just like me. Yeah. Like women, men, loads of young people. But, like I'm seeing loads yeah. of people in AA in their early twenties. Um, and that for me was really, revolutionary because everybody's alcoholism was slightly different some people were there because they were massive binge drinkers they could go two weeks without drinking but when they went on a binge they'd end up in new york or you know they'd end up in jail or Mm. they just never end and you know and it was it was really interesting for me to understand that alcoholics don't look a certain way and so i really want coming back to your original question which was about seven hours ago that word alcoholic is one that I really embrace and identify as because I just want people to be able to look at me and go, well, she doesn't look like an alcoholic, but she is. Mm. And maybe it's not as shameful and as horrific as I think it could be. Yeah. You know, and now, funnily enough, hilariously, I always thought I didn't have an addictive personality because with smoking, I could always buy a packet of cigarettes for a night out and I would smoke them. And then maybe if I had a few left, I'd do it over the next few days. But when that packet was gone, I wouldn't buy any more. As soon as I finished drinking, 20 a day. Mm. So it was like my addiction went, what the fuck else can I do? Yeah. 20 a day. And I have to be really, really careful with cigarettes, sugar and spending. Because mm. those are my like three... That's dopamine hits, isn't it? That's a sort of like... dopamine Ooh. hits. Yeah, no, and it's like Instagram and all those sort of things. You're like, ah, oh, what gives me that little buzz and yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, right? So yes, first of all, I think it's amazing what you've done, and well done, obviously. Uh, not to patronise you too intensely. No, I'll take. I'm proud that. of you, Kat. Yeah, we're very proud. I'm a year you. next month. Bloody <gasps> hell! Like, November 26. What are you going to do, Russell? What happens? Does Russell Brand send you a telegram? <laughs> or something like that? That would be amazing. <laughs> Maybe a dick pic. Um, Even better. Um, I'm. I think I'm just going to have dinner with my. Uh, sponsor and sober mates mm. and just do that it's a big thing the year like i never thought in never thought that i would go a year without booze that's extraordinary and now i can't think about i can't imagine drinking can i ask a really dumb question sure what what is a sponsor and how does that how does that work how do you get a sponsor you are Basically, you get a piece of paper with a little table <laughs> yeah. and you put how many miles you're gonna do yeah. Yeah. Oh, ten how many days you're gonna do like yeah, 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 yeah i'm yeah. gonna not drink for a year yeah, i'm not gonna drink money. 10 shots of give vodka. me 10p a day yeah, yeah it's just like that per glass of yeah, wine. Yeah. Uh, it's not as profitable as that, unfortunately. You basically just ask a person. So you go to meetings and you start getting a feel for it. And if you see somebody or hear from somebody that you like the look of, they say it's like you see somebody that you and you want what they have, then 
you can just ask them to be your sponsor. And then once you've got a sponsor, you can start work. They'll work through the steps with you, the 12 steps. So I'm on step eight now. And they are just... Step one. They're just your person. have lots of fun. Step two. You don't have to have booze. (laughs) That's very good. That's what it should be. Yeah, getting your kids on the block. Yeah, that's what it should be. Mm. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, and then they, you just call them every day for a year. And I hate the phone, but I've done it. And anyway, she's let me off the leash now because I'm nearly a year. She's like, you don't have to call me every day. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Good for everyone. Definitely in the lockdown, um, me and my husband Pete, we started drinking too much. Yeah. And then, um, like a while ago, earlier, I think earlier this year, I was like, I think, I think I'm drinking too much. A bit tired of being hungover. But I was like, but I really like drinking. Yeah. And I don't want to give it up. And I don't think I'm at the point where it's affecting my life that badly. I mean, yeah. like you're saying, I so I started looking around for like had advice and help on the internet you know about cutting down and i found there's not actually a lot out there and i felt a bit like it felt like when i was looking at social media and stuff it felt like the choices either hey it's wine o'clock we're all shit face i've got a necklace that says prosecco on it which i didn't feel like was me and look we acknowledge that we've maybe played a part in that culture in the past but we've hopefully evolved a bit Mm. but i feel the other end of the spectrum was kind of like if you have one you know two glasses of wine a night you're an alcoholic and you have to give it up completely and if you don't and there's no kind of in between between area Mm. it's really tricky i um for me personally there's no way that i could moderate and i know that i could try it but i don't have the energy Mm. like i even if i could do it for me that would be exhausting Mm. constantly working 
that moderation yeah. would just be so for me as an addict I know and eventually I know I would just slip back into old habits mm. and so for me I'm like it's an all or nothing and I think if you it's really tricky because I struggle with grey area drinking and problem drinking most people can drink and end up neutral right so it's not done them any harm it's not improved you know it's not improved their health but it's it's neutral they're on zero that's fine mm. I just can't do that and I think if you really have a problem with alcohol if you're a real addict then you have to not drink okay Mm. Mm. but if but I think a lot of people do struggle with booze circumstantially like lockdown or they go through certain horrific things and it's a different thing you know and they know that they can stop or they know they can go backwards my drinking was not going backwards in any way shape or form I was never aggressive yeah really I really really, was yeah yeah like gold starring it all the way next level yeah every day go and it just you know for me it just wasn't a question and now I'm so and now the funny thing is I go out and I go out to like boozy things and all the rest of it I don't miss the alcohol because mm. it's literally for me now just ordering something different I st- and, and it took me a while to get there like social social um events at first were awful and mm. I had massive anxiety and that's largely why I picked up smoking again so heavily because I thought well if I'm struggling at dinner I can at least go out for a cigarette and have a, and you know, and it doesn't look weird. Mm. But now it's like, I get it. Now I'm totally comfortable and I can walk in and I'm able to chat and talk. And actually sometimes you're like, actually it doesn't matter if I'm that funny or cool because so many people are drunk and they're, they're not going to remember anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to sit here and watch it. And this yeah. is great. And that's fun. But also this great, like, I, cause I quite like a non-alcoholic beer. Because I love it, because I love the taste of beer now. Yeah. Because I've I blame myself. heavily influenced by Ellie. But I go, oh, after the show, if we're, if we're having a curry. Mm, um, cold a, beer. A cold, cold beer. But actually, you get the kick from the, the non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, I do and as well. But you don't feel like, in the morning. And a lot of people, a lot, you know, if you're diehard AAers, a lot of them are like, no, you can't do it. I can do it. I've had this conversation with my sponsor. She can't do it. For me, I really enjoy the taste of beer mm. and I love that I can drink that. It doesn't make me want to get the alcoholic beer. It tastes the same. Yeah. Mm. It's on a sunny day. It gives me the same kick after I finish painting my kitchen, crack open a non-alcoholic beer. It works for me. Yeah. But again, it's very indepe- it's very individual. Some mm. people, it does trigger them. Some people, I know some people who can't even drink out of a stemmed glass because that will trigger them too much. Can't walk down the, like, the alcohol aisles in supermarkets. Yeah. I'm not there. I'm not there. And I can go out with people... I just know for me. And talking about that wine o'clock thing as well, actually, again, I can't hold any resentment towards that because, I mean, I played a part in that massively as well. Mm. But now I have to go, the majority of people can drink a drink at wine o'clock and it's fine. Mm. And I can't blame that for my alcoholism. No. At the end of the day, if I pick up a drink, it's because I picked up a drink. So I think, yes, I think you're absolutely right. We're all different and it's about working about which kind of person you are. Yeah. And so Pete and I ended up working with this. um, She's called an alcohol coach, which I love because it makes it sounds like it's like you're in the corner of a boxing ring with a tower engine and someone's just handing you shots of vodka. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But she's called Stephanie Chivers and she's awesome. And we ended up doing some stuff with her where she, she, you do like your value, you know, she asks you all the things like how much you're drinking and blah, blah. And I'd actually just done a month sober because we were running the marathon the year before. So I knew I could do it. So we talked about that. But then you do your values and why are you drinking and what are you trying to numb or what you, you talk about and that sort of thing. And in the end, we concluded that I was mainly drinking for pleasure. 
just because I fucking really like it. That's yeah. joyful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was and like, lovely with she's food. Like, and, yeah, yeah. And she's like, that is joyful. But but you are binge drinking as well. All right, not every night, but you know, you drink binge drinking enough to the point where you have to look at. Yeah. You have to face the facts about how harmful that is for you over the longer term, and you don't know how susceptible you are to breast cancer, for example. Yeah. Um, except you sort of do because both your grandmas had it. Mm, maybe don't drink eight bottles of wine a week. Um, so all of that sort of stuff, and I found that really helpful. But I do understand what you mean about yeah. I still have to make decisions. And I think the difference is if you can't stop if you know it's doing you damage or it's even a little bit of damage or a lot of damage and you can't stop then you have probably got a problem Mm. but if you can stop and you can moderate and you can pull back and that's not a stress for you then do that like you know it's Mm. you just have to decide what's best for you like you can stop for a month I could never stop for a month I mean Mm. I tried but I always picked up again for sure I just want to smash this stigma of what being an alcoholic is Mm. and an addict because so many of us are hiding it I think especially women Mm. Um, and there's been a I was reading up about it recently there's been a massive increase of alcohol drinking within our we know our age group and demographic yeah because and you think how much is that influenced by oh Prosecco Fridays and all that sort of stuff like it is very I think in in the UK we're massive we're massive massive drinkers oh we're really unhealthy drinkers and and everything associated with fun is about booze is about booze oh we'll have a wine we'll have a thing when we celebrate we're gonna have it's definitely embedded in the culture we went to a secret cinema the other day Mm. and Pete was like Oh, you know, we were talking about whether or not to drive to the station and stuff. And Pete was, I was like, well, you'll probably want when you want to drink at the cinema. He was like, oh, do you think there'll be alcohol there? And I was like, and I, without even thinking, you know, of course there will. It's Britain. It's mm. Britain. There's alcohol everywhere. Mm. I went. He bought me very kindly for my for a present last year. He bought me a knife skills class at a cooking school in London. What a cool gift! Yeah, I thought it was it was really nice. So I turned up for this knife skills class. And um, they're like, welcome. Put your coat over there. Wash your hands. Uh, would you like a glass of wine? And I was like. Well, not really? <laughs> this is a knife skill class. <laughs> like, you're about to hand me an incredibly sharp fish filleting thing and then ask me to take all the scales off that fucking salmon. I don't really feel like having a beer. It's like having a, like, a, a, a driving range. Like, oh, here, here's a loaded gun. Yeah. And would you like some vodka shots? Yeah, yeah pointing at like a common thing in Florida. But yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow. This, and, and at the time, again, I was working with Stephanie, so maybe I was a bit more conscious and a yes. bit more sensitive to how embedded it is in the culture and all of that. But I was like, this is fucking mad. I li- I absolutely would have said yes to that glass of wine i've never said no to a glass of wine and by the way when i go to the driving range i used to have like two three four pints mm. we sometimes go to the driving range for fun because it's just fun hitting the shit out of balls but yeah i would always drink mm. like i would always drink mm. and i would decide on whether i was going to go somewhere if i thought i could drink yeah sober things just were like i used to say things like oh i don't trust people who don't drink I mean, I there's some serious weird projection going on there. I know when I'm on the dating apps and looking for, you know, new new ones. Oh my gosh, um, I love these. I I love hearing about your dating mm-hmm. app adventures. Um, if they say they're sober, I sometimes swipe. Yeah, I think you should left because um, I go. Oh. It's left bad. Yeah, left is yeah, yeah. left but, is. No. But I had a date with the guy the other day, um, and he didn't. He hadn't drunk for ten years, and I had a lovely time. And I thought, I really like wine. Could. And then I, I sort of made this sort of decision going, I think I can hang out with him. I, I like having a wine. I thought, why am I doing that? Why why have I decided to get rid of it? Well, it's, you know, at that point, it could just be like you want somebody who you've got things in common with. Do you, mm. I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be sinister. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could just... I wouldn't have... I didn't... Because Jimmy's been... Uh, Jimmy has never really drunk. 
but this is, this is um, it's my, my husband. But he <laughs> drink. He used to drink a little bit and for nothing now for five years. Not because he's sober, but because he just doesn't like it. Mm. And I always struggled with drinking because we'd have dinner and I'd like open a bottle of wine. And then I'd be like, am I, is this drinking on my own or is this like acceptable? Why am mm. I drinking? You know, and so it did make a lot of... And I'm always really grateful I married Jimmy, to be honest, because I think if I'd married somebody who drank and partied like I'd, I'd be dead. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. So, you know, I think people just have to make, but w- make their own decisions. But what I would say is it's not as scary. Life is not shit. Like people I think go, I'm never going to have any fun. I've never met anybody who's given up booze and I've met a lot of people who've given up booze and gone well my life was shit after I gave up booze everybody has said my life's got better that doesn't mean that everybody's life you know is shit and will be better without alcohol but it's generally it's going to be okay yeah you will live a really long fulfilling happy life without booze Mm. oh it's going to be okay I just I just I'm going to have that as my ringtone it's going to be all right it's going to be okay love it love it Hello, we interrupt this stupid podcast to bring you an important message. This episode of the Scummy Mummies podcast is brought to you by the all-new Dacia Chunker, the award-winning seven-seater with plenty of space for family and friends and enemies, presumably, if you wanted to give anyone you like, really. Anyone you like. We are thrilled to be partnering with Dacia. Their fabulous all-new Dacia Jogger is made for adventure, just like us, really, Ellie. And like us, it can handle almost anything life throws at us. Well, this is it. I mean, we've been parents for over a decade, unbelievably, uh, and we've had a lot of stuff thrown at us, and some of it was pretty gross and sticky. We even used to play a game, do you remember, in the early episodes of the podcast, called What's on Our Clothes This Week? (laughs) It had a jingle. What's on our clothes this week? We should bring it back, I think. It's a good segment. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there were such precious moments, weren't they, Ellie? Now, funnily enough, most of that also ended up in our cars. Yes, or as we we used to call our car, the bin on wheels. I think it still is called the bin on wheels, Ellie, isn't isn't it? It It is, yes. But now we're on tour travelling around with our very fabulous comedy show. We spend more time in a vehicle with your dad than our kids, which I think is a a bit of an upgrade, really. Well, hmm, Yeah, because he's our driver, which is great. Excellent. Um, But he can be just as messy, to be fair. But he is more useful than our offspring, especially when it comes to a crisis, Ellie. Oh, absolutely. Dad, or, or Jim, as you would call him. Yes. Uh, he, he's someone who can cope with all things sort of going wrong. And he's here today. Woohoo! Welcome to the podcast, Jim. Hello. Hello, readers. <laughs> That's his catchphrase there. It here is. he there is. is. Here he is. Yes. Dad is our special guest for today. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Dad. Uh, are you pleased to be here? Oh, I am indeed, yes. That sounded Marvelous. sincere. He's got a hot <laughs> cup of tea. It's out of his house. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So look, we got you on the podcast to talk about things going wrong, because we thought, who better to talk to about this than you, Father? Of course, yeah. Of course. Mm. Now, Jim, I'm going to ask you, can you tell me about a time when things went wrong when Ellie was little? I mean, obviously she was born. But have you, have you got a, an example of things went oh, things went badly wrong on holiday when um, I decided unilaterally that Ellie and I were going to go for a ride on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> this is why people just stick to cars, like the Dacia Jogger. Do you see what I did yes, there? Yes. Anyway, carry on. We had these bikes, so we got these bikes out, and Ellie said, oh, "I've never been on a bike before." I said, "That's not a problem. You just get on it." No, I'd been it. on a bike before. I had, I could ride a bike. Yeah, I hadn't ridden a bike down a French motorway. Which no, is down what it, it wasn't a motorway. It was a very steep hill, though. I have no, to say. No. 
And it was tarmac. And yeah, and well, you carry on, Dad. Well, then I went ahead because I was leading the way. Oh, very good. And all of a sudden, I heard behind me, crutter, splash, bang, bang. And when I turned round, there was my daughter in a heap with a bike on top of her. So mm. I thought, oh, things have gone badly pear-shaped here. But you yeah. were all right, though, weren't you? You survived. Oh, I mean, I went to hospital. You yeah. did go to hospital. I did go to hospital. Some nice French people stopped their car and gave me some jus d'orange, as mm. I believe they call it. Yeah. And uh, yes, and then I went to the hospital and they um, they, they sewed me up and I uh, spent a night in hospital and um, yeah, couldn't use my hands for the rest of the holiday. So that that is definitely, Helen, an example of something going wrong. Yes, and then obviously Jim to the rescue, uh, which is great. <laughs> and Dad, I would say Dad, you, he's still pretty good if things go wrong, isn't he, Helen? Yeah, he is. I'm thinking about one of the funniest things that went wrong recently would be when we were doing the walk in the Yorkshire Dales. Oh, the 100-mile walk. The 100-mile walk. 100-mile walk. And there was Ellie, Jim and my big brother... And the thing that went wrong was we encountered a lot of cows. And I, I mean big cows, like big Yorkshire cows, like not like little, little... Like mini like, elephants. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was quite unnerved. You were very unnerved. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't having my best time then. And Dad, just, you marked in, not marched in like Crocodile Dundee in your silly hat with your, with your sticks. Well, I told them to go away using Anglo-Saxon expletives very <laughs> loudly. No, that's an example of when you were you were very good and calm in a crisis, when perhaps the rest of us uh, weren't. But let's look at an example at the other end of the spectrum, Helen. Do you remember we were on tour? We were trying to get out of a multi-storey car park, and yes. what happened? Oh, we, con- we contrived to get one side of the uh, the two the uh, ticket barriers there was t- a barrier yeah. you put your ticket in wasn't yeah, there and there was yeah. another barrier to get out so that, between two boom gates yeah. weren't we and we couldn't once we got one side of one of them but then we had to get through the next one which wouldn't move at all and then it did move then it came down again too quickly and the other one wouldn't so we were stuck between the two of boom gates going up and so down the, like two windscreen the van wires. was like in a va- it was like a van sandwich it was like a van wedge we couldn't van-wich. get out we couldn't go back we couldn't go forward and Helen and I were like oh this is problematic not to worry let's press the little button and talk to the little person on the other end of the thing what did you do dad how did you handle well, that well it's technology it I, mental I, absolutely bonkers it was technology gone, gone mad you yeah. know it wasn't you make it sound like it was the rise of the robots it, was it just, wasn't like AI had taken over <laughs> like, it, was, it wasn't the, the nuclear the weapon no, listen, there's the too morning. many of them things going up and down. You don't need two. Ridiculous. And listen, if you think now, he sounds perhaps overly irritable and angry about this, you should have heard him in the van. There was shouting, there was swearing. Oh, I could see us being in that multi-storey car park between them two things going up and down for the next 12 hours. That was what I and was And how long were we there? About seven minutes. Absolute tops. I'd say three. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> tops. Yeah. So, so word, of, word of advice to the readers, if you are a roadie, for a feminist duo and you're driving a <laughs> feminist van duo. Uh, you're driving a van do not park it in multi-story car parks oh. or how about this here's a better piece of advice don't get a van get the all new Dacia Jogger oh well, ah. plenty of room Ellie. plenty of room it's a seven seater it's a seven seater right so we could fit all of us in it and, mm. and all the props and all of that in fact we could fit all of my family and your family in there, Helen. We wouldn't have room for Dad. We could tow him behind on his bicycle. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be very nice. Then drive down a hill in France, see how he likes it. Yeah. Oh, I think that would be excellent. Now, I think I think you can handle anything. I know you have a little bit of a tantrum uh, here and there, Jim, but uh, I think if you were a car, you would be the all-new 
Dacia jogger. Oh, yes. I think so. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, thank you so much, Dacia, for sponsoring this this bit of the podcast. Having Dad on as a guest star, have you enjoyed it? I have indeed, readers. Visit dacia.co.uk to find out more. All right, you can go now. Yeah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Now, enough enough alcohol chat. Yes. Tell us about your book. What's your book? Go on, plug your book. Thought thought you'd never ask. Um, So, it's a... You know those really... mm, You know those really, I'm going to say, awful baby journals you get that are like pink and blue, bunnies, first tooth, first lock of hair... Mummy and Daddy put a penis in a vagina and had a baby. Mm. It's it's a version of that that is inclusive, so it doesn't assume that it's a man and a woman having a baby. It's, you know, if you've adopted, if you've gone through IVF, if you're same-sex couples, trans couples, whatever it is, it's a book that you will be able to work with. And it does allow you to, like, fill in all of those milestones, like first tooth or whatever, but it also has room for you to fill in the stuff that you'll actually want to remember. You know, when it comes to, like, writing their wedding speech or writing their 21st speech, you don't go, well, she lost her first tooth on July the 21st, 1986. You know, you Mm -hmm. go, I remember the time when she cut her own fringe and rubbed my Charlotte Tilbury lipstick into my sheets. You know, that's the sort of stuff. Or the first time you parented hungover. You know, whatever it is, it's all in there. And there's also just, like, little bits in there from me that I hope would make somebody feel a bit better about finding it hard. Yeah. It's funny and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, and to be honest, even if you don't fill it in, you'll still get a lot out of it. Yeah. And I think I think that's... I think people just want to feel normal. Mm. Or, or, or see, they just want to know that yeah. they're not... that they're never the only one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, that you know, I get that all the time. Messages going, oh, God, I thought I was the only one. Mm. Right, you, we're not that special. <laughs> Your Sorry, problems Danny. are not yeah, that yeah. fucking unique, yeah, babe. Like yeah. they're just not. There's mm. nothing that you've gone through that nobody else has been through before. And it's and it's sad that people are in that state where they are made, made to feel that way. That yeah. they think, oh god, I'm not doing it right. I'm not ticking the box. Well, and I think a lot of that comes from not talking about it. You mm. know, they don't say it out loud, so nobody can go. Nobody has a chance to go. Oh fuck, me too. Not me too. You know. Yeah. Me as well. And. um and I think that's kind of what I really use the in, the Instagram. This is where my three hours sleep is kicking in. Where I really use Instagram, it's like just to talk about it so that somebody can go, oh, yeah, that's me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if those people who have got it all perfect, I, I have nothing but admiration for them. God bless them. Mm. Um, but the majority of us are tripping over Lego and struggling to you know, take our laundry out of the washing machine so much, before so it gets mildewy. So much shouting in the last 24 hours. I've so got much shouting. And, and what was really sweet, like, yesterday afternoon, I said, look, I'm really sorry, Hugo. I was really shouty yesterday and, you know, I just wanted... And he said, but, Mummy, you're just doing your best and you can only be you. Yeah. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> but I, I do feel like I have to say that out loud to the kids sometimes. I'm like, I'm just juggling so many balls and... There were just some moments where I go, I can't, I can't step away. I can't, yeah, there's I, can't, no mi- I can't just go to bed. I can't go, can you just do that? And that's so hard. And that's yeah. really hard where I just go, no, I, I've got to show up. And if I don't wash those school uniform, the kids aren't going to go to school in the morning. Like there's no, I can't delegate. Um, and yeah, and then that's, that makes me feel very anxious. And I'm the only one paying the bills and all that sort of stuff. So there are just times where it just gets a bit over, overwhelming. 
And I think that's yeah. what we're talking about, isn't it? When we're talking about the Lego, you know, that's the funny side of it. But actually the message is, it's a lot and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And it's a lot whether you're on your own. It's a lot whether you've got help or a part. Like, you're, or everybody's, yeah. everybody's hard <laughs> is different. And, mm. you know, this, this, you know, I get loads of trolling because I sometimes bang on about how I have to solo parent sometimes. Mm. You know, when Jimmy goes away, he's just got back after five weeks well I'm a single parent all day long and every you know and I'm like I get it and I don't know how you do it honestly I don't I don't know how people get up and go to proper jobs for 9am and get kids to school I don't know how they do it Mm. and I think they are superheroes but that doesn't mean that you know people can't in different situations can't find things hard yeah and and you have to be okay with that like it has Mm. it can't it doesn't undermine your hard no but you but that is that feeling of like not being able to leave or do anything or have your own space is really hard to manage yeah yeah i think that's the only that's only yeah it was only recently where i just had that kind of like but also the repair is really important like saying Mm. sorry i don't did your parents ever say sorry to you when they shouted at you why so. she's so well adjusted, isn't well, it? I think my mum has zero did. problems or issues. Yeah, that's my mum did. My dad didn't. My mum, my mum, bless you. I know you're listening, darling. Um, yeah, if if we had a bit of a blowout, she would say sorry. And yeah, no, I, I always, never did. I always do because um, I just and also I just you know I hate dropping balls, which I'm very good at dropping balls. But yeah, I but you know you you yeah. you've got glass balls and plastic balls. Mm. So glass balls are ones you can't drop. Yeah. But plastic balls are ones that you can fucking drop and pick up later. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm... Yeah, that's covered a trick. Yeah. Plastic balls. Yeah, just all plastic balls. Yeah, yeah, me too. Balls, balls, balls. Can't get enough of them. Oh, um, I love that. Loving the balls. I like your balls, cat. Nice balls. Yeah, yeah. I love a good um, ball chat. Now, Excellent. before we, we head into the, the world that is coming away confessions, tell us about your podcast. Oh, okay. she's a multimedia nerd. Oh, my God. So she what can I say? stop. She's, so, but I don't think we... The book's called The First Time You Smiled or Was It Just Wind? I don't think oh, we said sorry, that. Oh, sorry, did you actually say the no. book? No, oh, First Time You Terrible Smiled Could podcast. Just Wind. The podcast is called You're Never the Only One. Mm. And it's a solo podcast. It's just about, again talking about those normal things I hope it's funny people tell me it is I don't know just talks about the things that I fuck up during the week we laugh about it other people write in and they tell us their fuck ups or fun times and just half an hour every Monday morning where people can just get the right vibe to start off the week excellent well there we go now it is time is it not for the scummy mummy confessions and here's share a story of parenting failure I'm going to go first my house is really gross um, I can't open two doors. Um, often things are blocked. Myself. Um, anyway, um, so the the upper sink, upper sink, the, the sink, upper sink, the sink in the upstairs um, area um, <laughs> bathroom is often blocked, and I just think my kids put really gross things down it. And um, I was down here with uh, a friend was over from Australia, so obviously my kids were badly behaved and the house was a mess. And um, and Hugo was upstairs for ages. Oh right? no! And he came back downstairs and he said, "Don't worry, mummy. I think I've I think I've unblocked the sink." He had squeezed half a tube of Nair hair removal cream <gasps> into the sink. Do you know what? That's, that's, that's genius. actually genius. And he was Bloody like, he said, he said, well, um, yeah, he said, well, it removes hair. Surely it will remove the gunch in the sink. I'm fucking too right. I it's think... probably half hair anyway. Yeah. yeah. Did it work? No. Oh. <laughs> it got more smelling. And then the next morning, um, I went off uh, for my big run and then Matilda decided to paint her face green to be Gamora and then <laughs> didn't, and then just washed uh, a whole lot of face paint. So it was just this, when I got home, the sink was absolutely full. I just got home from the marathon. I was very tired. Oh. The sink was full of black, like, oh. gunge. 
and it was at the absolute peak and I couldn't like brush my teeth. I brushed my teeth over the toilet and I was very sad. And it was full of hair removal cream and face paint oh. from my really awesome children. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then last night, because I've got um, uh, some a nanny staying because we're doing a gig, I got a toilet um, unblocker to unblock the sink and I finally did it. And um, yeah, it's less shit. So, but I was just, it was just like nine o'clock last night and the kids are going, blah, 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 like 700 things. And I'm like pumping the sink with a toilet That's not the kind of pumping you want to be oh, doing, is it? Really? Not, not yet. Do you know, so. you can get these wicked things. I see them on TikTok. They're really Oh, they're like, like, a, like a, a coil like or something. Sque- yeah, and then you just pull it all out. And it's like, Ooh, it's like, satisfying, like, like squeezing. squeezing. Yes, exactly. Yes. I bought, so I don't know if this is a confession, this is a confession about me being perhaps overly tidy or overly neat. So I bought, um, so my loose, we live in a very hard water area. And we our, do, our, yeah. You know when you're, your loo gets lime scale. Gets, yeah. It gets that sort of brown crust. Oh, yeah, orangey, yeah. pinky, browning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know it well. You, you put the, the carpet, the toilet duck down, it yeah. doesn't work, and it doesn't work. So I Googled it, and I ended up, basically, I ended up buying a toilet pumice stone. Did you know these exist? No! Fuck me. You Fuck exfoliated your toilet bowl. Fucking hell. The front you get them on Amazon. They're like, they're, I think they're like, it's like seven quid for like four of them. Very reasonable I'm going to give them to everyone for Christmas and you like, love you, you shove it in the toilet and you like chip off the fucking... So your hand's in the toilet water? Well, no, they can't, they're special, don't they have a handle? Oh, so okay. A plastic great. handle and then the pumice on the end. I mean, right. it depends how much you want to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a bit of splashback, isn't there? Uh, if you're vigorous. Mar- if you're vigorous. A long marigold. Yeah. yeah. But you get right, and it just it just chips off. And honestly, it's one of the most satisfying things that's ever happened to me. Can you use me. it in your kettle? I mean, obviously not after Ooh. you've used it in your loo, but could you like... I don't know. It's quite. I think it would depend if you have a plastic kettle. It's quite scratchy. It might scratch the metal. Because the... there are some things that, like you do as an adult, that I don't do. You know, people. I think if I was able to do that, I would feel like an adult. Like cleaning my washing machine. I want to put up a like shelf. lime scaling yeah, yeah. my thingy. Doing the what, all mm. those things that people find the time to do, and I'm mm. like, I just never do that shit. Well, I'm telling you, get a pumice stone. It will only take you to get it on Amazon. It'll take you two minutes, and it'll change your life. <laughs> I am here for it. My we friend, my friend Nikki off. came round and I was like, mate, look at this. And she looked at me and I was like insane. And then she looked at the toilet and went, oh. And I gave her one. She was like, I can't wait to go home and use it. And I was like, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, do you have a scummy mummy confession so for many. us? So um, many. My, my real scummiest moment, I think, <clears throat> was when Bo was really six months old and I couldn't understand why she wasn't sleeping. I mean, she was six months old, but like it was, nothing was working. Yeah. Anyway, one day she was getting, she got really sick and I had to take her to the hospital because she never took um, meds by the mouth. She would just vomit, she refused. So you mm. had to, I had to take her to the hospital to have them shoved up her bum. Pessaries, yeah. She had flu and she was lying on the bed in the hospital and I'm stroking a little head. You know when they're babies and they're still mm. and you think they're not really very well. Oh. Stroking a little head. As I'm stroking it, this thing starts crawling out <gasps> of her hair and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Now I've never had nits. I've never had nits. Billy had never had nits. And I was like, well, she's six months old. She can't have nits. I was looking. I was like, she was infested. So then I, I took her home. Bear in mind, she's full of cold. So she sat in a high chair. She's got snot just running down her face. I'm like de-lousing the kid. Oh. I'm having to put cling film over her head because babies just like hit their heads. Yeah. So she sat there. She's got knit stuff on her head. She does a massive sneeze. Snot oh. everywhere. And I turn around and the cat just goes like this. <laughs> and just projectile vomits oh, all over the fucking cat. kitchen and I was like I'm out 
I'm done. I never want to do, and I'm, I don't want to see anybody ever again. It was honestly... Can just stop? Can everybody stop emitting shit from their various orifices? I can't cope anymore. Yeah. Oh. And then obviously after I got rid of all the nits, that kid slept like a fucking chip. She, had it, she was just itchy. Oh, how awful is that? Oh, but you wouldn't know. Nobody expects a six-month-old to have nits. No. But then our nanny was great, and she was... I say nanny, that's elevating it. She was like our babysitter, but she helped me, you know... But she was also working in nurseries, so then I was like, mm, that's probably why. Oh, oh mate. Poor kid, she was infested. Oh, oh. well, what a lovely story. Yeah. Thank you for... <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us, my love. Is that scummy enough? I th- oh, that is that is that is quite quite excellent. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, well, thank you, Kat. Your book, the first time you smiled, or was it just wind, is out now, and your podcast, you're never the only one. Every Monday, every Monday for first season, eight weeks. Excellent times. Marvelous. We have got a live comedy show which you could come and see. We've got shows <laughs> right the way up till Christmas. We've just done. We just announced two new gigs in. Is it where? 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 Are we going yeah, we W A R E, not where. Yes. Where? 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 where, where? where? Yes, uh, that's in Hertfordshire. Okay, and we're to also, Farnham. Yes, on the where 13th. Else are we going? Um, Stroud tickets are nearly sold out for that. Um, the lovely Leatherhead, and we were going to be in North Finchley, which is not far too far from you. Yeah, it's quite far. Yeah, yeah. okay, everything's far. Um, <laughs> Bath, closer. Dorking, yeah. come to Dorking. Please come. We said we've got lots and lots and lots of gigs, but yes. go to scummymummies.com and click on live shows. Yes, but and then got- and next year we're doing our greatest hits tour, so we haven't got all the tickets on, but lots of tickets are already on sale. Can yes. I just say, you're, I'm fucking proud of you two. It's oh, incredible. Thank you, Kat. Is that here just listening on your live Gigs, actual real life tour. Cat, it's always an absolute joy to hang out with you, pissed or sober. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank She's you still for fun. having me. She's still She's fun. Still fun. <laughs> thank you for having me. I love you both. Oh, oh, I love you. And thank you very much for listening. Love you too. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. It's funny because oh. I'm starting therapy on Thursday. I have. We've done a lot of couples therapy, but I'm starting individual therapy on mm. Thursday to unpack that first year. Sorry, my, I've got this self-cleaning <laughs> yeah. coffee machine. It's like a self-cleaning coffee machine. Yeah, it's like a vagina. Sorry, back to your yeah. darkest moment of your life. Uh- <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.